Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 7, Episode 25, Rachel Smith and Mike Armstrong. Welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. This is my cup of tea, which is just so goddamn heavy. It's a big mug because we've got a big show. Um, we are going to be doing our crowdfunding spotlight of the week. We've actually got two for you this episode because uh, I had somebody suggest one. We've got to treat you. We've got two. And we've also got an artist of uh, the day as well, our cup of tea, which we're going to dive into at the end of the show. Two great guests we've got for you today. So it's a pleasure to do introduce our first one. Uh, we have ourselves Rachel Smith joining us. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Hello. I'm really well. How are you, Leonard? I'm not too shabby at all. Now I've got my cup of tea and now I've got you here. I'm I'm a I'm a happy bunny. I'm because you didn't have a cup of tea last time. I know. I was on your last shaggy. show. I know. It's not number one. Thanks for somebody it's not for watching. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Uh, and number two, yeah, I was, I, I was. It's got to be said as well because it was a full hour, and I, I think I was doing a lot of the lion's share of the talking. Yeah, the the throat got very dry at the end of that show. So this, <laughs> this one, knowing that we've got ourselves uh, two great guests, I decided to get myself a big mug for the day. But well, thank um, you so much for highlighting my comics last time. Oh, absolutely. Well. I think the first things first, then, is uh, let's have uh, people introduce you, perhaps, if uh, who don't know who you are. Uh, Rachel Smith, in a nutshell, introduce yourself, please. Work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put I'm, you on the spot. I'm Rachel Smith. I uh, am a comic writer and artist, have been for a few years now. Uh, currently, I'm doing this thing where I'm making uh, quarantine comics uh, over on my Twitter, which you can get to... Um, at Rachel underscore, uh, Rachel spelt the awkward way uh, with the A-E-L. Um, and um, yeah, I'm making daily comics about the lockdown situation, which I hope are quite funny and heartwarming. And um, yeah, that's kind of me. I'm also, I guess I'm more well known for my books, Wired Up Wrong and Stand In Your Power, which are about kind of mental health, uh, but are also funny. I hope. <laughs> well, I think that's what people are finding uh, really useful. I'm going to say useful about quarantine comics because mm. it's about mental health in the current situation. Um, it's about, and it's really honest as well. Um, yeah. While there's some great funny moments in there, which really are, that really do touch on some very real moments uh, that we're all going through and yourself as well. Um, it's it's coming from a very real place. So there's some moments when things are getting on top of you. There are kind of that that, that dark shadow um, that we see um, mm. in in the strip um, it is there. I mean, it is and it is there for everybody. But I'm what I'm really loving is that it is so honest and it has both sides of uh, where we currently are. It's not trying to be upbeat if you know mm. what I mean while it is it has some very sweet moments in there it's recognizing that there's this there is this thing that's happening and it's very real um, yeah the, the honesty is an important thing for me really because I I want my work to make people feel less alone like I want them to relate to it and and think yeah 
geez, I feel like that as well. And and but there's also a kind of warm humor underlying it, um, I think. So it, oh, no, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for anyway. Sure. I mean, uh, I've interviewed you before and I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, as you know, I've the books are to hand. They're in there somewhere. I, I'd have to, <laughs> pull, I'd have to pull them off shelves, but they are there. Um, and we've talked about um, the importance of uh, addressing uh, mental health uh, for uh, better and for worse um, and mm -hmm. being honest about uh, mental health in comics and uh, in your work. Um, and I think that's the quarantine comics is definitely an evolution of that but when did you feel that you had to start doing quarantine comics um was it something because I, I mean as a dj uh obviously friday and saturday night i'm needing to go out and play and i'm I doing you have so many lives I know, I know, um, and uh, I don't know. I, I no, we won't talk about the rest of them because, uh, okay. yeah, the 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 maybe there may there may be some legal issues. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> the but um, just that desire for me to actually go out and play. It's not just um, the financial aspect of earning, but it's also just having something to do and feeling that I need to contribute. Was that something that you felt you needed to do? in the current uh, situation, the current climate? Was it more of a drive for you to do it? Yeah, well, I'd, so I've been uh, isolated from my partner, which I found really, really hard because um, sure. I miss him very much. And I kind of, when the lockdown got kind of, uh, I've lost all my words, I'm sorry. Uh, when it got officially, uh, announced um i got really depressed i was like when when am i gonna see my boyfriend again this is really hard and 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 my depression was flaring up and everything was very sad and i kind of just yeah had a bit of a, a meltdown and my friend heather came to see me and um and she said why don't you start doing comics about how you're feeling because if you're good at anything it's making people feel less alone and less scared with your comics. And uh, and that kind of brought me out of myself and made me a bit excited about making work again. So it, so you've got Heather to thank, really, <laughs> um, for, for the quarantine comics. And, um, yeah, it's, it's making them every day has given me a reason to get out of bed. And, and yeah, so been it's been good for me and i hope good for other people as well absolutely and of course <laughs> there is that um, element as well that you're selling the pieces as well so this yeah also, there's a a, a a revenue stream there as well so this it serves a number of purposes in a, a period when it's difficult for indie comic creators to earn um in this particular climate mm. so all my all the comics i do I sell the originals for ten pounds. I've never and, been like, nearly all, nearly I've all of my friends told me that's that's too cheap. But I want them to be quite cheap because I want them to be accessible, and I want people maybe with not a lot of money to be able to own a piece of this project. But the every tenth comic, I do like a full pager, like something really really special that takes me pretty much all day to draw, and then I sell the originals of those for fifty. And then I do limited edition prints of those as well. So I, I get a little bit more money from those, but 
yeah, it's, it's kind of important to me to keep it, keep it kind of affordable because I don't want, yeah, I, I, I want people to be able to afford to have sure. a piece of this because yeah, we're all in I it have, together. I have, I have never been fast enough. This is the thing. Oh, I know. They, they, I'm so sorry. They, they, go, they go out there, and the second you hit, you go to the the Etsy store, and it says sold out, and you just go. Well, that's kind of why I did the prints, and the prints are only fifteen, so you can get the prints are still available. So yeah, sure. hopefully people will stop getting annoyed with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, you can you can own a piece of this. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about it. Okay, um, and I think also because there's been a couple of the strips where you do talk about. Um, uh, the importance of social media as well mm. in uh, in this situation for all of us, but also for yourself, um, and also the the fact that social media has grabbed hold of quarantine comics, uh, not only on yeah. Facebook because it's Facebook mostly where I see a lot of the conversation okay. uh, talking about uh, the strips uh, and the the, uh, the pieces you do, and as well as on uh, Twitter. Um, have you found um, that there's been a new audience uh, coming into your work uh, off the back of these uh, strips? I've certainly got a lot more Twitter followers recently, maybe a couple of hundred more, yeah, in the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, people are finding me through through them, through people retweeting them and stuff, which is really nice. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> so yeah, definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Speaking of the conversation online, we have got a couple of comments and questions coming in on the, uh, the Q&A. Oh, By all means, okay. guys, on Facebook, if you want to comment on the video, uh, if you are on YouTube, uh, you can, of course, uh, jump in and make a, a comment on there. It shows up in the feed. We've got a couple already. Uh, uh, if you are watching on Twitch, uh, you can donate. And if you are watching on Periscope, you can buy those super hearts, and you can donate that way. Not begging or anything, but it, it does help, uh, by all means. I don't uh, know what any of those words mean. It, <laughs> money, money, okay, money. Money. Give yes. Leonard money. Pennies. Do it. Pennies. But it works. It works. Uh, Tony Lee, I think this is a private joke between you and him. Uh, have Have you seen Highlander yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. What? Who that? That's Tony Lee. Who is that person? Who, yes, who, Tony's who, asking. Who's Highlander? I have no idea. <laughs> It's it's a great film. It's a great <laughs> film. No, Tony got his photo taken with the guy, and I was just like, Who's oh, Christopher that? Lambert. And he got okay. really, he got really angry with me for not knowing who it was. Fair enough. That Fair is enough. what that's from. Fair enough. I love okay. that. That's my first question. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Tony. The Thanks, invite Tony. is open for you to joining us, as always, but uh, let, let's see if we can get you on. Um, this one, actually, has gone from that to a slightly serious question. Oh. If you're okay with it, let, let's see where yeah. we go with it. Let's see what happens. Uh, this is Sir Lister of Smeg, regular on the show, good guy. Um, do you think mental health issues are rampant in the comic book industry? <laughs> or any artistic industry? Or is it more just them being unique people as compared to others with more traditional jobs? Are you special, Rachel? Is that what you? I think that's what he's trying to say. Um, I think I think with it an artistic, but if you have an artistic bent, you are more in touch with your feelings, with other people's feelings. You have you you're more intuitive, and that kind of brings more out of your work. I think. Golly, um, I don't. I mean, I don't think depression goes for a particular kind of person. <laughs> I think anyone is susceptible, which is the very sad thing about depression. I think 
uh, that's, a, that's a big topic. I know. I'm sorry. It's a big topic. Yeah. From that to I from high artistic, to that. I think maybe artistic people are maybe better at voicing it. Mm. Maybe uh, if you. Oh, it's hard. Also, comics are a really good way to talk about it because comics are really accessible, and um, you know, I I I sort of grew up on hyperbole and a half, and you know, that's where I kind of realised. Uh, I was like, oh, crikey, that's 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 me. I I share a lot of this stuff. So uh, yeah, it's, that's a big old question. Um, Especially after the Highlander one. Yes, yeah, sorry um, about that. Yeah, this this took a left turn real quick. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think it's more rampant in the comic uh, industry. I just think I think it's rampant in everyone. I just sure. think maybe comic people are better at going, "Hi, here's how I'm feeling." Like I, don't I think also with um, comics because it uh, is a very personal. Uh, art form, especially and a lot of comics. You know, I a lot of us cut our teeth on autobio comics. You know, sure. and a lot of us never so grew out. You are share, you're sharing so much, uh, and because mm. then um, it becomes a very personal conversation with your reader. Um, yeah. I think that's where people um, yeah. kind of do have that. Also, it's a two way conversation that people then feel that um, there's this real definite connection with the work and. I think mm. that's where um, definitely the conversation when it comes to mental health um, yeah. is very um, susceptible in comics and especially indie comics and like you say autobiographical comics because there is that direct connection with the reader. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's definitely uh, where, it, where it comes from. Uh, Solicitorous Meg does say, to fair, I didn't know it would be asked after the Highlander question. Good point. <laughs> it was entirely my fault. That was the entirely. Um, I'm that's going to ask okay. I asked a question, <laughs> a question that I have asked you on a panel before, which I think is a really interesting question. I'd like you to touch on it and talk about it again, um, which is about, again, the, the sharing of um, very personal feelings and uh, very personal topics uh, in your books. But you're obviously pouring it into the page to kind of uh, to get it out and get it out into the world. But then that um, does go out into the world and in the case of uh, yourself, you have got yourself a very large audience, um, lots of fans, people who are really appreciating the work coming to you. Um, how does that fold back into the work, um, as it were? Because I can imagine when you start a project, when you're working uh, that connection to the page, it's very much you and the page. But then you have the, the, all these comments and questions and um, voices coming at you off the back of what you've done. How does that fold back into the work. Do you mean like with the quarantine comics in well, particular? Quarantine and also your um the the uh, your self published books as well. Cuz the I mean it's kind of different. So the, the the quarantine comics for example, I I put those on and I immediately get lots of comments and that's lovely. And obviously that makes me want to make more cuz it's great to for people to tell me that it's helping them and stuff. With like self-published stuff obviously that takes a lot longer and i'll be working on the pages and it'll be a f you know at, at least a few months before people actually see them um and then even then the, the comments i get from the people that have read it are usually at conventions who have actually you know had the the physical book and will come and talk to me um 
but either way it makes me want to continue like I'm always really humbled by by people that talk to me about how much their my work has, has helped them um like just yesterday I got a a comment on my Etsy shop from someone who had bought one of my original quarantine comics and they just said it, it really makes them look forward to the next day because they'll they know they've got they've got at least one one of the comic to see and and that's just that's just awesome <laughs> to know that that yeah that I'm helping people and it's really is this, is this the first time you've done a daily project like this um it's the first time in a, a long time um I used to do one good thing which uh was a a, a diary comic as well where I would draw and a, a good thing that happened to me every day but that was back in 2011 so it was a long time ago I didn't have an audience really I was just doing it sure. for me and my friends uh, but now it's yeah there's a lot of people people reading them which is amazing <laughs> and also I mean it's very difficult I, I this is going to be a tough one because this is where we then have to start talking about the conversation that this is going to go on for a while uh -huh. Uh, we yeah. are we're, we're in it and it's not just gonna be the Easter weekend and done um at which point do you, I, I kind of have to ask do you feel that there's a a, a line a, a timeline where you feel that okay let's go to this weekend and then let's just take a break or do you I mean do you feel that no you've got enough strips and enough stories and enough ideas to just keep going um because I know that you're also wanting to combine this into. Uh, a I kind do of a want book. to make a book. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, the cover's fantastic, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, it it totally depends what form this will take because I, like you said, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I might get to the point where I'm like, "Here's comic two thousand. That's probably enough now." <laughs> There's another comic about me being in bed all day. Like, um, whereas I might also have there. There are some days where I, I do five comics. Whereas today I've just done the one because I had a bit of a bad day today. Um, but yeah, it it totally depends. And uh, yeah, pass. Okay, <laughs> pass fair enough. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm so sorry. Don't I do worry want about to it. publish them eventually yeah. but in what form that will be I, I don't know it depends how many that will end up being I do want to go to let me see if I can actually bring these up because um oh, no, it's, that's uh, timelines I want to uh, that's Rachel, photos of Rachel I want to bring the actual yeah. strips up. so because you know, then we can actually share them with people so if uh, if you missed the show the other day at least then we can kind of Mm -hmm. I do um, have a little bit of a sneak preview if you're interested ooh. as well. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> but you, you show if you've got ones you can show, show those first because this one is sure. Uh, these oh, are now this is where I then have to oh, bear with me. I'm getting there. <laughs> it's all about technology at this point. Here we go. Right, okay, this one. So this this is uh, um uh, a couple of uh uh, so, um, suggestion uh, uh, selections from and also featuring uh, uh, comments as well. But we'll uh, see if we can so actually. It's today's. And that's today's. Indeed. Uh, well, yeah. Let's, uh, let's uh, see if we can just uh, bring that up a bit. So, okay. I don't know if that's. You made it smaller. 
<laughs> typical. Okay. Okay. How's that? Is that better? No. No. It's bigger-ish. Bigger okay. Fair enough. Um, I, well, you say sad, but then you you do have this kind of connection with your cat, and yeah. it's, it's. I mean, I trust me as a cat owner myself. This one hit home very oh. much um, <laughs> because the cat will be there um that i mean it doesn't care about the uh, the whole quarantine thing it just wants loves and hugs and will give her loves and hugs back and uh, i think that's uh, absolutely brilliant so that was today's but um we've got um yeah we've got uh, this one i had to show my other half because um she also okay. has some issues with uh mental health and she recognized this very seriously uh that there is there is that shadow that can mm. be uh above you and um but you do then kind of share some real personal moments uh this business with the quiz um i'm guessing that was over the weekend um that was last thursday actually last thursday, so, uh, yeah. a little bit after it happened yeah quizzes will take it out of you man That's <laughs> but then yeah you've got um the cat and Rufus it's, uh, deciding to jump in, and uh, yeah, it's just all yeah. It's just real personal moments, and it's just—I mean, things like this are just fantastic. I mean, yeah. The, really so all the color work. ones are like the the prints that I mentioned. Of the every tenth comic is a full page that I do prints of. So, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Okay, uh, you say you've got a uh, possible tease of uh, a next one. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Going to share it on screen yeah i've not i'm not gonna cut to anything but yeah i can just show you so this yep. is one of the page the full pages he's like this is barky the big <laughs> black dog and that's me on the i can't can't point and uh yeah this is beautiful that's, that's gonna be number 50 geez wow. yeah I'm, there you go. I'm, I'm incredibly <laughs> tempted and I'll, I'll put this to you as a suggestion. If okay. I um, put, I don't know, if I put some in, uh, is there any chance we could um, do one as a competition prize in a couple of weeks or something? Yeah. Because uh, I, I don't want to kind of interrupt the revenue stream, as it were. But certainly I wouldn't mind if there's any chance we can kind of give one away to a... Totally. A yeah, we can do that. Or mm -hmm. a print or print or something. We'll, 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 yeah. We'll, that's just it's just come off the top of my head so i haven't thought anything <laughs> so okay yeah we we'll can absolutely sort something out mm -hmm. excellent stuff um something as well um off the back of the uh the conversation with um your audience but also the i want to talk about the the indie comic uh, landscape at the moment especially here in the uk and how supportive they've been um what's the kind of support system that you guys have at the moment is it facebook groups is it just kind of whatsapp chats just amongst a, a number of you what's the kind of relationship that you're having with um other creators at the moment um so i'm it's yeah without social media i'd be really lost um and yeah i, I rang a couple of my fellow creators yesterday and just had a little bit of a a chat and that was really nice um so my my friendship network with other comicers is really important right now um yeah just because it's such an it's such a unique place to be in 
um, being a freelance comic artist. I mean, some of us um, are really struggling and some of us already have a lot of work on and, and that's they're both really odd places to be in. Um, like I'm very lucky in that I've got a few projects to work on right now. Um, but yeah, if I didn't, like I, I'm, and I'm also very lucky in that I have an agent who's looking after me very much. And But if I didn't have my agent, I'd be living in a barrel. Like I, I wouldn't be able to <laughs> do anything. Like, um, so I, I am in a very privileged place and, and I do have really, really great friends both in and out of the comics community. But yeah, social media is making it a lot easier to stay in touch sure. uh, with those guys. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Solicitor Smeg has brought up a point which um, uh, I often wondered about this. I mean, I'm a, f a big fan of a number of comic creators that do have podcasts and put things mm -hmm. out and certainly uh, creating live streams. Um, Solicitor Smeg is saying, I, I find it weird that most comic creators don't have podcasts themselves. You seem very comfortable letting people see all sides of you. Have you ever thought about doing a, a podcast or a live stream for your fans? Or is that something that would be... Because um, I can imagine for yourself it's a case of the relationship with your fans is through the artwork. Yeah, I would prefer to use my time to make artwork rather than to use it to make a podcast. I don't know what I'd even talk about on a podcast. I, I mean, I love being... Fat, being a uh, guests on things like this i love that but to curate my own i i wouldn't know the first thing um <laughs> i don't know i'm I, like i'm a fan of podcasts i listen to podcasts but yeah i'd I, i'd like to keep it at that i think <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> the world knows enough about about <laughs> me without me also talking about it <laughs> Um, and also uh, the kind of like talking about that uh, that uh, infrastructure within the uh, the comics community. Comicers, by the way, is the word I'm going to be using from here on in. I, I love comicers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, at this point, we'd be well and truly into the convention season. You'd be seeing people uh, on a regular basis and kind of catching up with everyone. Um, I'm wondering uh, what's that feeling like at the moment and also what your conventions will be are looking like further on down the year I mean are you thinking are, you are going to Thoughtable aren't you yes or, we're planning to go to Thoughtable yeah um I'll be really really sad if Thoughtable doesn't happen it's my favorite one um uh but yeah it's it's really hard to mm. not have the conventions because that's the that's how I meet my fans that's how I get feedback and you know and and I love because it's it can be a bit of a bubble making work by yourself um in your own house and that interaction with real people is really um valuable for everyone and and yeah I, I am I'm feeling it I'm feeling yeah. the absence of that a lot, I, I uh, which is why it's it's really important to me to get people talking like to me through these quarantine comics. Like I'm really enjoying that. It's not the same, but but it's really nice to reach out to people like that. Um, but yeah, I am missing conventions a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't want to finish on a downer here. Okay. <laughs> I, do, I, I do want to uh, keep it uh, relatively light and upbeat. 
in the circumstances and i appreciate yeah. it it's, it's very tough um a, a tough time at the moment but it's great to see the positive reaction that the uh, quarantine comics are having uh and um i it's just it's been a, a joy to share them uh, and see people's reaction i mean we've, we've got Thank here Aaron, Aaron neighbors love her work followed her and we'll start Aww. sharing uh james fletcher saying hi by the way uh, hi both um and yes tony lee and rachel uh, into the blue mister are just talking about highlander just this is, just, this, is getting, this is getting silly now um tell rachel to avoid highlander two three four five six and seven wait what they made seven uh yes um done the, 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 there, was, done. there is only one highlander film the rest of them are all figments of everyone's imaginations don't okay don't, there but go and see highlight watch it it's fantastic um and also solicitors make this you can definitely avoid um can you put leonard in a future comic no uh we'll leave that we'll leave that alone we'll leave that well you don't no one needs to see this flat hmm. but there we go and james fletcher the daily quarantine comics is something to look forward to so it nice. really is um I'm, I'm gonna continue uh, supporting sharing and following and it really is um thank you go forward um i think we're just going to have the one last question uh which has come through and it is from a, a good friend from the pair of us which is simon myers ah. uh rach as a fellow sufferer of depression how do you continue to draw daily good question uh when i'm low drawing is the last thing i want to do i love to know how you motivate yourself uh, when i'm down so i can employ the same techniques that finishing on a big question sorry about that but yeah it's, it's, it's an important one um, um yeah it's all you I guess the the quarantine comics themselves, they're like they're only they're sort of three to four panels usually, so they don't take me very long. And usually they're quite cathartic because they're drawing about how I'm feeling, even if I'm feeling quite down. Like people still tend to um, appreciate that because they'll relate. You know, sometimes like everyone has down days, even in the before times um <laughs> but yeah i kind of i'll think even if i do nothing else today i will do one comic which is what i did today and i'm really glad i did that because a lot of people have really appreciated that um so yeah just try and do something really little just something tiny a little doodle or something and sometimes that'll make you feel better or and sometimes that'll um, make you want to draw more I don't know. That's how it is for me, anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm always inspired when you do two or three of them a day, and you just mm. it's, you can just feel that there's the creative juices are just coming out, and it's yeah. just these <laughs> tiny, tiny <laughs> presents uh, showing up on uh, my timeline, and it really is a joy to Aww, see. Them. Thank you. Rachel, it's a plain a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, you so much. Too. Thank you so much. Can you let everyone know where people can find you and where people can find Quarantine Comics? Yes. So, so I'm on Twitter at Rachel underscore, that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L underscore. I'm on Facebook uh, under Rachel Smith Illustration. And I'm on Instagram. What am I on Instagram? Oh, my God. Let me just see. I'm flimsy underscore kitten on Instagram. One day I'll get them all the same, but not not today. Or no. my... my um, uh, website is just rachelsmith.org and that's got all the, the things on there. Probably should have just said that. 
Don't worry about it. Uh, no, it makes sense. I mean, certainly sharing the Twitter and the Facebook, especially for the instant hit. Well, of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is where I'm posting the quarantine comics. And you can, like, if you just do hashtag quarantine comics, comics with an X at the end instead of the CES, um, then that, that all the comics should come up. It's free free to read as well, but you don't need to. You don't well, need I, to. I, you I, don't need to buy them. You can read them all for free. I'll also say, don't just go for the quarantine comics. Go and check out her books as well. Rachel's books are fantastic. I'm a big fan of them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there was a book that you sold me at the last con that we saw each other at, which was a uh, slightly thinner uh, kind of uh, one shot, which was just brilliant. And I, that, that was, yeah, brilliant. So no, I'm a fan and we'll continue to share. And it's been a pleasure. Rachel, thank you so much indeed for coming on. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you so much. Stay well, Leonard. Try my best. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Brilliant. Well worth checking out. Um, we, I mean, we shared the, uh, the the strips before. Do check out Quarantine Comics. It's com Quarantine Comics with an X, by the way, so C-O-M-I-X, if you're searching for it on social media. I know that there's a um, publisher in the States which is just taking over that hashtag because they're doing something with the same title. But Rachel's work will come up. Do check that out if you can get the chance. Excellent stuff. Um, thank you very much indeed for Rachel for joining us. It's two guests that we've got uh, back to back now. So we're just going to dive straight into the next one. And this is somebody I've been wanting to talk to for some time. Uh, and I can, I bet you'll fully understand why. Mike Armstrong, how are you doing, sir? I'm okay. I feel like <laughs> that was a pregnant been, pause and a half. I've been trapped in this basement for four weeks, so I'm ready to get out. I imagine. Where are you based, by the way? We're in Connecticut. Um, our offices are in Connecticut. We've also got offices in Brighton and the UK, as you know, and then a couple other spots around the world. But we are all holed up in Connecticut. Fair enough. Um, Mike Armstrong uh, is uh, the one of the event coordinators uh, for. Uh, uh, Repop, uh, and therefore he has a number of events which is uh, under his purview. Uh, I mean, what uh, uh, events have been directly uh, under your control uh, for this year, uh, Mike? For this year, um, so I oversee the domestic Comic-Cons in the U.S. That's uh, New York Comic-Con, C2E2, Emerald City, Keystone, Florida Supercon. Um, and then, you know, we have a number of events around the rest of the world. So. Uh, I do what I can to support our MCM events and work with that great team over there, over where you are. Um, and uh, yeah, so I directly oversee those five events and then uh, help where I can. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, that I wanted to get you on the uh, the Hangout for some time uh, because uh, I got into contact with you when Emerald City uh, was uh, postponed uh, or cancelled. Um, it happened very much around when the lockdowns started were, um, happening worldwide, when um, things were really starting to impact um, across the globe. And that, that timing must have been absolutely um, heartbreaking for everyone in the office. Uh, I, I, I mean, if you could just talk about that very briefly, I mean, what the, I mean making that decision uh, to do what you needed to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, heartbreaking is the word for it. I think ultimately we were, really concerned about the state of the city and the state of the fans out there. And we didn't want to do anything that was going to put anybody at any risk. And that risk profile got clearer as we got closer to the show. And uh, once it became apparent that 
um, you know, we, we lost a number of publishers, we lost a number of fans, we lost a lot of content, a lot of guests, um, then it, you know, our, our decision was essentially made for us. It became pretty clear that um, the, the tenor in Seattle was not strong enough where we felt comfortable running a show. And look, uh, on the flip side of that, there were, you know, we were still selling tickets up until the day that um, we postponed the event. So there was a number of people who wanted it to happen. Um, but, you know, I feel, obviously we feel much more comfortable about the event being in August, but yeah, it was a, it was a kind of a kick in the balls to the, the team. Um, you know, one of the, benefits of running events is you get that wonderful payoff of the event. And so, you know, our Emerald City team in effect is going to be running two Emerald Cities this year because, you know, it's not like none of the work for the first one got done. Um, so they're they're excited to uh, continue to do what they can over the course of the next couple of months um, to really put a spotlight on creators and exhibitors who depend on shows like Emerald City for a significant portion of their living. Um, so we'll continue doing that and making sure that the event we have in August is the best possible event we can have. I mean, the the, the, the timing just was, it was very much to the wire. Uh, very much as well over here in the UK because we had the uh, MCM Birmingham show that was cancelled and it was literally uh, on that period when uh, we just it was just so difficult to kind of put it all together in our own heads uh, what was going on uh, sorry let me just uh, sort those out there we a second just bleeping in the background do apologize um so that timing was obviously very very difficult to uh, uh, handle i can imagine uh, with uh, repop but also i can imagine then it was a case of how you plan to move these events um further on down the year um, what has been the, I mean, those are the two shows which I know a lot of people have talked about. What across the Repop uh, platform has been affected by the current lockdown and the current situation? Um, well, the events that have been postponed so far were um, Emerald City Comic Con was the first domino to fall, I think, uh, across the industry. And then um, Florida Supercon got postponed from uh, Mother's Day weekend here in the U.S. to the 4th of July, which was the were the original dates um, last year. So that we are planning to run July 4th weekend this year. Um, the shows in the U.K., uh, it was MCM Birmingham, it was uh, EGX Resed um, are the four comic cons that have been affected. Uh, Book Con and Book Expo were moved as well, which are, fall under our purview. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of change. And you know, when it becomes apparent that you're unable to run a show, you then start to scramble and talk to the venue and try to figure out what other dates they have available. But everybody's doing that. So, um, you know, any show, Comic-Con or not, you know, pharmaceutical manufacturing show, they're, they're talking to their venues, trying to find alternative dates. And, uh, you know, we've been asked by a couple of venues to see if we could move some of our shows to um, uh, allow for other businesses to kind of come in that they have to displace as a result of turning the show or turning the convention center into a field hospital or trying to take care of some other important piece of business. So everybody's affected. Um, we're just doing our best to make sure that we are communicating as much as we can with our fans and our exhibitors and doing what we think is best and what we think is going to keep everybody safe. And then ultimately there is going to be a need and a want for fans to get together. Uh, you know, these shows mean a lot to people. They mean a lot to us. They mean a lot to the, you know, 240,000 people that go to New York comic con. So, um, we really want them to happen. We're going to do everything that we can to make them happen, but we're not going to be stupid about it. 
Sure. Uh, when it comes to the, those rescheduled dates, uh, how accommodating has the, the venues and the cities been, uh, cities uh, been to uh, to repop? I mean, I, I can imagine it's just been a case of moving heaven and earth to kind of scramble to work out the best dates and the best times to uh, move these dates to. Yeah, they're as accommodating as they can be. They've, they've got a lot of masters, you know. Um, but I will say for the two uh, examples that I've worked on personally, the, uh, the convention center in Seattle went above and beyond what anybody could have reasonably expected them to be able to do to get us those dates in April, or excuse me, August. Um, and then Miami has just been just as accommodating for Florida Supercon. So, um, you know, the events industry is in a really trying time. And I'm not even just thinking about us. I'm thinking about trade shows. I'm thinking about sporting events. I'm thinking about concerts. Like, you know, we've all seen the news stories about, um, layoffs and furloughs and lost wages and um you know it's 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 hit everybody and um you know they are they are doing what they can to keep the industry going and i'm very very grateful fair enough uh i mean you're talking about the financial uh, aspects and um how it's affected uh, the convention landscape and uh, repop uh, in particular uh we've seen uh, reports of conventions uh, getting into some real financial difficulty and also some back and forth with insurance companies in kind of making the uh, decision to cancel an event or do something with uh, in reimbursing uh, their, uh, their tickets and whatever. How's yeah. Repop been affected in that regard? I mean, it, 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 is it been um, financially trying for Repop um, or have, I mean, where, where, where are you at with it as a company? Well, yeah, of course it's been financial. Oh, that's, that's, that's a big question. Sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. It's and it's a question a lot of people have. Yeah, of course it's been financially trying, but it hasn't had an impact on us whatsoever. In fact, we're hiring. Um, we're we're looking for new projects. We're uh, we're building new things. Um, you know, I've I've heard. You know, we've all seen stories of uh, convention organizers and um, convention centers and events organizers just you know mass layoffs. But I'm so happy that uh, I work for the company that I do because we have a level of comfort and we have um, uh, we've got the support that we need to make the decisions that we're going to need to make in order to come out of this a stronger company in 20 late 2020 insurance is a, is a, insurance is nothing like there is no there are no insurance policies that that uh, cover anything like this yeah. any any conversation that's happened is just a legal thing so that people are able to get out of convention center contracts and stuff. There's, it's not like we said, uh, we're going to cancel a show. And then all of a sudden, like the checks start rolling in from the insurance companies. That's not how it works. There is no policy that covers a pandemic like this. So, um, that's, you know, we're, we're looking to push our events to later in the year where we're more confident that they'll run, but ultimately it's not about us. It's about giving the fans the outlet they need and it's giving the dealers and the artists who do our shows the opportunity to uh, condense a year's worth of revenue from shows into the six, four to six months that we'll be able to run shows this year. So um, we're, we're doing everything we can. And that was the most heartbreaking thing about Emerald City. Don't even think about the staff and how uh, down we were because we couldn't run it. But we know how much of an impact these shows have on people and their careers and their paychecks that was the thing that was the hardest for us because we knew that once we fell that you know three to four months of shows were going to fall right behind us and that's sure. that's been tough i can also imagine that it, there's also that uh, sense of responsibility as well because like you say it's it is a comic-con event and it is something that has a, a real positive uh, uh, effect on people's attitudes and uh, so like just that 
communal aspect of it. But at the end of the day, you're wanting to keep people safe. So that's yep. where the responsibility of uh, postponing those events, which kind of then leads on to where we end up being at the back end of the year, when people still are very concerned about um, social distancing coming together as a mass group. How has the conversations been at Repop about those shows post July, August, back end of the year, when people still may feel a little concerned about coming together together as a group? Yeah, and it's something we're trying to figure out ourselves right now. We don't really have a solid answer sure. um, because nothing is running right now. I would imagine there's, um, you know, when we started launching the cosplay is not consent thing several years ago, that was a big marketing initiative for us just to take care of an issue that was pervasive in, in uh, the event space. So I would imagine there's going to be some sort of marketing campaign designed around um, how to take care of yourself at shows and what's appropriate and what's not. Um, you know, that stuff is all still in the works. You know, the landscape of autographing and photo ops is probably going to change. Um, you know, how how many people are going to want to, you know, have their arm put around them for a, a photo op anymore? And, you know, we're talking to fans, we're talking to talent, we're talking to agents, we're, we're talking to lawyers about what's appropriate and, um, you know, what about the dynamic of shows that we've enjoyed for so long is going to have to change. We don't know the answers yet, but I'm sure it'll become apparent once shows start running again and once we start to hear from uh, talent and agents what they're comfortable with. I would imagine the comfort level is out, out the window now. Sure. Uh, the reason why I sniggered a little bit there is because I, I was having this conversation with Caroline uh, early on today in that we don't know. We, I mean, people were talking about, oh, uh, Caroline was saying that people are going to be a little bit more agoraphobic uh, after the course of this. And I'm going, well, maybe there'll be a snapback in the opposite direction, that people are going to want to come together after the, the lockdowns and the, uh, the, the kind of the social distancing has vanished. We don't know. That's, I think, where we are right now. Everything's just kind of so far up in the air. And I think that's the reason why the conversations uh, like this are so important, where we can talk out what we could see at the back end of the year. In terms of content, uh, content and I do want to get into a couple of the questions that have come in on the Q&A. By all means, jump in with those, because uh, um, we'll, we'd love to get as many questions answered. Uh, when it comes to the content, I'm really curious to see um, how uh, shows like um, New York Comic Con and indeed, all of the major shows uh, that are being rescheduled to the back end of the year are going to look when it comes to um, people like Sony that have moved pretty much their entire slate to 2021. Mm -hmm. um, when you are seeing Marvel really doing a dramatic shift to their release schedule, how closely are you? Well, I can imagine you are keeping a very close eye on those headlines and what you can bring to shows when the shows come back. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're in close contact with all of our content partners to get a sense from them where their heads are at right now. Is marketing spend being pulled back? Um, are you focused on 2021? Are like, is the the age of the big, uh, you know, big release date in theaters even going to be a thing anymore? Um, so we are having those conversations. It's it's there doesn't seem to be one. Uh, opinion that is standing above the rest. Everyone's a little bit different right now. Everyone's got a different perspective. So we're, we're, 
we're going to do what we can for each individual customer and then we're going to do what we can for each individual fan like we know how important that level of content is for the success of our shows and for the happiness of our fans so whatever it takes we're going to do what we can do to get that content and if it's not in a physical physical capacity because it can't be or it doesn't make sense then we're working very hard on figuring out what the next level of virtual events is and is that uh something that we can be a part of i you know i I think of virtual events as a supplement to physical events, um, and that's how I'll continue to think about it. But um, you know, it's something that people are asking for, and people want that one-on-one -on -one interaction, even if it's over a phone or over a FaceTime type thing. So, yeah, our 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 minds are open, and uh, we're constantly listening, and uh, we're trying to figure out what this all looks like, just like everybody else. Sure. That was going to be my next uh, question because we are talking sometime between now and when we can see uh, restrictions being lifted, when we can see um, cities being reopened, uh, venues being um, uh, open to conventions again. It's sometime. We've got several months, uh, possibly several months to go between now and then. Are you keeping an eye on that virtual space and how people are doing virtual cons to see how Repop can? Do something in that regard because so yeah. far certainly with um say for example with mcm birmingham uh, there was certainly uh, some a couple of uh, some bits and pieces some in interviews that were being put up online um there were some virtual panels thank you very much indeed i, I, did, I did, did my best um but is that something are you looking at the various methods that people are implementing right now and then moving forward possibly with your own solution yeah, right now the theory around the office is there's no no idea that's too small. So um, our team, like as soon as Emerald City was postponed, the Emerald City team put together a pretty robust three days of online content for Emerald City where they did everything from playing a live D&D game to talking to creators to doing merchandise sales. Like it was really great. And that was pulled off in three days. And with a little bit more time, uh, EGX, uh, our video game brand in the UK, was able to put together a digital event for their Rez event, which was postponed which was far more far more robust uh, and, and well-structured and like still the next step along the way. And we're watching what everyone's doing uh, in virtual events and we're having our own conversations and we're developing our own things. So yeah, I would assume that in the course of the next three months, you'll see something from us that um, is going to be uh, better than what we've already done. And um, hopefully it will be better than what anybody else has been doing. Because like I said, we're hiring. We have a full digital team in the UK, full of journalists and full of tech people who are creating these things. And I'm really grateful that they're there. Um, and we're, we're, we're doing what we can to keep the industry going and to keep uh, money being given to artists and dealers um, and keeping fans engaged because, you know, speaking personally like this is a really lonely time um, you know, we're, we're all we're all isolated none of us are in the office together um you know it's it, it'd be nice to run something uh, and feel a sense of accomplishment instead of uh putting out you know just doing work and, and theoretical type things I'm, I'm really excited to be able to put something into the market how often are the uh, conversations within team members at the moment is it on a daily basis or is things kind of slow down a little bit uh nothing slowed down the work is is different um you know we're <laughs> work is different. yeah yeah we're, we're probably working harder than we ever have and we're probably more oddly more c 
connected and uh, communicating better than we ever have with uh, us even not being in the office together. Um, and it's encouraging to see people who uh, will email me on the side who have an idea and the response is like, all right, go do it. Um, go, go see where it takes us. Um, so there's, you know, this is a frustrating time for a lot of us, but it's also a time where a lot of innovation is going to come from. Fair enough. We do have a couple of comments that have come in on the uh, the chat, so let's go through a couple of those. Uh, certainly from uh, this one, is more of a comment than anything. Uh, Karma Savage, it was going to be my first Ebel City Comic Con. Uh, sad face. Glad I still flew to Seattle for the first time, though. Washington is a beautiful state, so uh, Karma got something out of it. So uh, excellent stuff indeed. Uh, Solicitous um, has been getting some very serious questions in, uh, as you've probably heard there with Rachel um, in the first half. But let's see what um, comes up with the, a couple of questions here. Uh, once this craziness ends, assuming it's not the end of days, oh, that's a bit harsh, uh, how do you think cons in general will be changed, be it on the floor or behind the scenes? Well, we kind of covered that, but yeah, I mean, I think we can certainly talk about on the floor. I mean, do you see that, that era of the big exhibition floor convention um, disappearing or changing? No, I'm not. I don't think we're in a position or um, we're saying goodbye to that. I think that, um, you know, people will certainly be more mindful of things. And um, if, you know, if it's more mask wearing, if it's um, just a heightened awareness of how your actions are going to impact the people around you, then that's probably a good thing. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think we're getting away from the big show and the big show floor. I think there's still that, uh, you know, there's still that energy in the room. There's still that uh, desire and that that um, demand for tickets. So I don't think that goes away, but I think people are going to be a lot more mindful of, of what's going on. Sure. And uh, I think we also covered this uh, next comment as well. Since a lot of shows are being pushed back, could their backlog of content still translate to having a lot more content than normal at the next cons that actually happen? I'm going to kind of come off that and go a different way because we're talking about a lot of shows being pushed back. Um, I'm curious about um, the content that will be available, having to divvy up amongst the shows as everything gets a little bit more condensed, as all uh, shows almost start tripping up over each other at the back end of the year. Um, what's the conversation been with Repop uh, in that regard, in terms of how you're going to be able to battle in the marketplace for these shows that have all kind of moved to the, the back quarter of the year? Yeah, we have a stretch in August where we have five shows in three weeks. So, um, you know, we're part of the problem or the opportunity. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, ultimately it comes down to us having the proper relationships with our content producers. And if we're able to provide a better experience, a bigger audience, uh, online, offline opportunities, then I think that, you know, the, the cream in this, this situation is going to rise to the top. Um, so I'm hoping that the bigger shows and, and um, that our shows, uh, Emerald City, New York Comic Con, Keystone Comic Con, benefit from uh, a lot of that content being around there. Um, and, and I think it's also helpful as well that you've got such a strong brand with those uh, shows as well. You've yeah, got so I much mean, great like brand loyalty. So, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to think so. Even for some of the smaller shows, Keystone being coming into its third year, we were really, uh, we were feeling really good about Keystone coming into this year, and still do. But you know, the situation is certainly different. Um, yeah, I think the relationships that we have and the demand that we can show our partners uh, that our fans have for their properties is gonna is gonna help us in the end. 
Fair enough. Um, also, just to talk about the, the, the big shows, uh, just to kind of finish on that topic, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, people are um, very curious to see whether that show um, will be affected. Um, what's been the conversations regarding Star Wars Celebration in the office? Still on track. That's one of the five yeah. shows in three weeks. We have uh, goes uh, Emerald City. Then it's uh, Keystone and Star Wars the same weekend, and then PAX and Crunchyroll the same weekend. So, uh, yeah, uh, five shows in three weeks would be, uh, if I feel like I'm missing shows now, ask me at the end of that three-week period. Um, um, I, I can imagine that at this point where, you, like you say, you're feeling uh, very much isolated. Then you're going to hit those three weeks, and you just going to, it's going to be so... I, I I don't envy you. I really don't. But um, I can imagine the 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 adrenaline of that uh, rush is going to be uh, that period is going to be something else. I'm, um, I'm going to ask the question uh, because it isn't related to repop, but it is related to the convention landscape, and it's also about responsibility when it comes to uh, the big shows. It is a big question regarding San Diego Comic Con, um, and this is into the blue, Mister, uh, asking what your opinion of San Diego not having cancelled or postponed yet. Because while we've been talking about Repop at that beginning of the, the this whole uh, situation, making that decision um, just as the uh, the lockdowns were being put in place, we're into that um, oh, San Diego are now having to reach that point where the timing of them making that decision is going to reach the timing of almost the peak of this thing. Right. What do you feel about, uh, what's your thoughts on the D the responsibility of CCI having to make that decision? Well, I think, you know, uh, obviously I'm not going to speak for them, but I'm Absolutely. sure they're keenly aware of the responsibility that they have. And um, I won't give an opinion on, on um, them doing something or not doing something, but I, I sympathize. I mean, I can only imagine a, a show of that scale uh, with the building obligations, the hotel obligations. I can only imagine what they're going through. I'm, I'm sympathetic. Um, so I, you know, whatever decision they make will be that decision. And I hope that, um, you know, I, I'm very much of the opinion, and I think I've said this on your show before, that a rising tide lifts all ships. And uh, a good San Diego begets a good Comic-Con industry. And that means we'll have a good New York and a good Emerald City. And like, I, I want shows to succeed and I want shows to do well. Um, and it's the same situation with CCI. Sure. I mean, certainly for myself, um, away from CCI, uh, certainly from the city, just watching how the city of San Diego has responded uh, to this uh, entire crisis, certainly the convention center and the mayor's office has just been incredibly inspiring uh, to see them use the convention space uh, to house uh, the homeless uh, in the city. I think that's just been um, uh, highly inspiring to see. Likewise with the Javits Center as well. Uh, yeah, that's in corporate place in Chicago. Um, yeah. uh, we just got word yesterday that Miami Beach is being converted into a field hospital. So, um, yeah, the work that um, you know the contractors and teamsters and convention center personnel are, are doing is truly remarkable. Um, not to mention all of the healthcare professionals that are going through all of this right now. Um, yeah, it's nice to. Um, I, it's I been inspiring say, for myself. It's definitely inspiring, yeah. And for a, an underappreciated section of the world, you know, nobody's nobody's necessarily thinking about how uh, how good their convention center is. But um, it's nice to see people that I work with personally and the people that we deal with as an industry um, do what they can to to help and support. Fair enough. Um, Mike, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I know that it's a very tough situation 
that um, Repop are, uh, are in, along with all the convention organizers um, across the globe. But uh, Repop more than most because of the, the scale and the size and the, the impact that you have on the, the convention landscape. Um, I, for one, would just want to say we really appreciate all the hard work that you put in and the entire team at Repop, um, both uh, here in the UK with MCM and uh, in North America as well. And we can't wait to get back under the convention center uh, roof again, enjoying the shows that you put on. I can't wait as well. Uh, and thank you for saying that. And it's always nice to talk to you. And, um, you know, I can't I can't wait to see uh, the fans again and see the dealers and move in and just know that uh, we're, we're up and churning again because, you know, uh, what we do, what we do means a lot to people and we don't take that responsibility lately. Excellent. We will do what we can, as always, to spread the word and share any updates that you have uh, for us, uh, especially with uh, events further down the line. If the situation changes, uh, touch wood. There we go. I have plenty of wood around me. I'm going to touch plenty of yeah. All the best to repop, and uh, let's um, let's all get this uh, get through this together. Um, yeah, we'll see you on the other side, sir. See you in July. Absolutely, Mike. Take care. So there you go. Um, it's yeah, it's a it's a difficult situation for any organizer, um, big or small, to uh, to find themselves in. But Mike um, and his team, I'm certainly going to come through a, a lot stronger. Um, so looking forward to uh, seeing what they uh, come up with uh, down the line. Uh, we've got Lister of Smeg. It's a, a, a idea for a safety measure. Uh, Purell showers. Yeah, I, I can kind of understand that. Uh, let's. Uh, I can imagine there's going to be a lot more. Uh, in terms of uh, just the way that uh, we all interact, there's going to be a lot more uh, uh, hand sanitizers, a lot more uh, people looking after their own uh, personal hygiene. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if we do have any more questions for Mike, uh, do drop them uh, on uh, my social media. I'll uh, send them on to him, and we'll try and do a follow-up. Um, any other questions that you want to put to him, please do uh, uh, send us through uh, those. Right, um, a couple of features that we're uh, putting in the uh, the new broadcasts, uh, both Wednesday and Sunday, is our um, uh, uh, crowdfund showcase and also our cup of tea, which is our artist of the day. And uh, as it happens, uh, I've got myself two, uh, which I'm going to show uh, today uh, when it comes to our showcase. Oh, hang on a second. You can disappear for a second. That's just teasing you uh, for uh, something that's coming up. Um, but um, let's go to um, a couple of um, really great um, showcases when it comes to uh, crowdfunding. Uh, first and foremost, this has been uh, sent to me uh, uh, by uh, a viewer, and I really, really like the look of this. Uh, this is A Taste of Home, a cooking anthology. Um, this is something which uh, is only, I think it's only got a couple of days left to go. Oh, no, it's about 20 days to go uh, on this particular um, uh uh, crowdfund. Uh, it's currently being run on Kickstarter. Both of these are on Kickstarter, as it happens. This is being run by uh, Level Ground Comics. Uh, they've run a number of projects um, when it comes to bringing together up-and-coming artists, all based around the theme of A Taste of Home. Um, it is something, like I say, that um, has got 20 days to go, but it has already got um, uh, $600 and, uh, just over $6,000 against its um, by, um, target of around 4,000 um, with, uh, yeah, it's just a really strong um, uh, uh, project and a really strong campaign. 
sorry, I'm just trying to bring up the uh, details here, but uh, it's all getting a little bit slow, so bear with me. Um, so this is a case of uh, bringing 16 artists together uh, to um, uh, explore what a taste of home means to them, uh, the, bringing those tastes and smells and experiences conjured up those uh, uh, wistful thoughts. It's going to be an all-ages collection of comics, and uh, this first anthology by a new grassroots publisher, starting as a, a group of uh, students uh, looking to create opportunities to publish, edit, and create comics. Um, the artwork is just absolutely uh, fantastic. It's a great collaborative uh, setup as well. Uh, which is uh, very inspiring uh, to see. Let me just uh, bring up uh, some of the artwork uh, that uh, uh, we've got uh, here so people can see these, uh, but some some great uh, new talent, uh, which uh, includes um, the, the, the names that you currently see on screen. Um, these have been... Oh, hang on a second, what happened there? Bear with me a second. Sorry about that. Right, okay, there we go. Um, but, uh, I mean, the names that uh, are being talked about here, you won't know any of them. This is brand new talent, which is where uh, you're looking at support of uh, some fantastic up-and-coming artists, um, the likes of uh, Audrey Mika, Gillian Wenner. I am aware of her work on uh, social media, so uh, very much looking uh, forward to seeing what uh, they do. But uh, 16 stories, four pages each by 16 eight, uh, amazing up-and-coming artists, including Gabriela Diaz, Jessica Zhang, uh, Sarah Davidson. And we've got some, the, uh, like I say, some of the uh, uh, demonstration pages which has been included on their social media, on the uh, Kickstarter. These, are, it's just really, it's very much like uh, Rachel's work. Uh, it's very strong, um, some great uh, storytelling uh, by some uh, up-and-coming artists. Um, which is where you're going to see some fantastic talent being uh, ge generated in this period when they're all coming together to create these uh, anthologies. And they're just it's just great-looking work. I mean, like I say, it's it's demonstrated by uh, how well the, uh, the Kickstarter has gone. Um, the work's already done, so it's a case of you're not um, uh, concerned too much about um, uh, 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 the project not going to uh, final... Uh, completion because it is already done um, and it's just really really great to see some great um, uh, um, rewards as well I mean it looks fantastic as a, a final project uh, as you can see uh, on screen at the moment um, very much looking forward to seeing this as a, uh, uh, a final project and like I say some great uh, um, uh, rewards as well some stickers and some variant covers as well, which have been put uh, together for the project. All of these are available on the uh, actual final project, which is available at um, kickstarter.com slash projects, uh, slash, I forgot the slash there, so do bear with it, uh, Level Ground Comics, A Taste of Home at Cooking Anthology. Well worth checking out. Um, like I say, at the moment, uh, you've got yourself a number of uh, tiers, uh, including... Uh, starting at uh, $3 uh, just for a donation tier, but moving through to $5 for a PDF, uh, $10 for the book, $15 for the stickers, uh, $25 for the postcard pack, uh, $30 for the cookbook, uh, $30 or more for the retailer tier, so you've got uh, the, uh, a number of copies which you can put into stores. And uh, you've got, for $50, an apron with a logo and name and a special mention in the book really is a great uh, campaign thank you very much indeed to uh, i think it was dan that shared it with me 
uh, A Taste of Home, a cooking anthology. Um, well worth checking out if you get the chance to do so. Uh, I said I was going to do two, and that's exactly what we're going to do with uh, uh, the suggestion. Uh, this is actually coming uh, from the creator of this particular um, um, uh, uh, crowdfunding effort. Um, and it's relevant to uh, the, the coming up, upcoming week. Um, it is Easter Sunday, um, which means uh, a lot of uh, uh, celebration uh, of uh, religious nature. I am not religious by any uh, stretch of the imagination. I'm a card-carrying atheist. Um, but even I appreciate uh, the telling of the story. Um, and that's how I do approach the Bible. Don't uh, condemn me for that. Um, it is a case of um, how a story comes together and how it is told. And that's where we see this, which is the Word for Word Bible comics. Uh, this is um, not the first project by uh, this particular uh, uh, talent, um, of which uh, I'm, uh, like I say, a, a, I've been a long-term, long-time uh, supporter and follower of uh, this particular creator because uh, um, he does show up at a number of uh, uh, conventions here in the UK, uh, so uh, very much uh, spreading the word of these particular books. But this is the latest project, which is the Gospel of Matthew, which is going to be a word-for-word -word book um, as put together. Uh, by, let me just uh, bring everything down, sorry, I'm just uh, getting a track on uh, how much has been raised so far, because uh, this has got four days to go on it, uh, on this particular project, so uh, we're very much a case of uh, it's uh, in its final stretch, but as it happens, it has also beaten its goal, which was £10,000 to put together, to get the, uh, the project uh, put together, um, which is a hard-hitting, historically accurate, unabridged and untamed graphic novel, of the Gospel of Matthew uh, for the ages of 12 and upwards. Um, again, this is a strong project which um, has got some incredible artwork involved. I'm just taking a full screen with this so you can get a sense of what uh, um, uh, the team has done. Um, it really is uh, a very strong uh, project by Simon uh, Pillarero. Um, he's run uh, four very successful um, Kickstarters in the past, which create, uh, which was all based around the first five books. Um, so this is someone who knows how to deliver a project, um, has already got the artwork pretty much in place, and everything is all ready to go. So it is more a case of how uh, to get this out to uh, followers in terms of a hardback and a good quality book. He's putting a laminated gloss on a number of the, uh, the titles, um, and indeed, uh, the, the the stretch at the moment uh, for uh, twelve thousand was going to be that UV treatment uh, to the Kickstarter editions of this Matthew's Gospel. We're up to thirteen and a half thousand pounds, so that's going to happen. Uh, I believe the next uh, stretch goal, which is um, it may be possible within uh, um, let's see, getting um, what uh, fifteen hundred pounds. In the case of four days, it's possible. You're looking at a uh, holographic uh, effect to the cover lamination. We'll see what happens. Only going to be for the Kickstarter editions. So if you are wanting that, you are going to have to be a supporter. Um, like I say, some great artwork involved as well. Um, and it really does um, get into the uh, the story. Um, you should call this portion of the show Kickshare. You know what? That's a good name. I like that. I have no problem with that name. Yeah, Kickshare. Fair enough. Um, but um, Simon has just put these uh, incredible uh, pages together, and it, uh, it just reading what I've seen of the uh, the free PDF which is available on the 
on the the, the Kickstarter. Uh, you can check out the uh, the first uh, chapters uh, of the the uh, the work that he's done, and it just looks absolutely incredible. Um, he's also got some great endorsements as well from the likes of here John Wagner. Very interesting, as clear and readable a rendition of the Bible as I've seen makes biblical teaching much more accessible to young and older alike. And you've got Mike S. Miller there, a word for bird Bible as a series of graphic novels is a dream project I wanted to do for a long time. I'm glad Simon is doing it right. And then you've got. Uh, influential Christians and uh, history experts all weighing in and uh, sharing the good word on this particular book. Well worth checking out. Um, if Even if you're not necessarily a religious person, just as the uh, the artwork and just for uh, the, the, the support of it and uh, just someone who is uh, coming at this project very strong, uh, well worth checking out. That is kickstarter.com slash projects slash word for word Bible comic the go the gospel of Matthew word for word Bible comic NIV which is um, uh, something that they're going to be uh, including as part of that um, uh, starting with uh, tears from uh, 12, uh, 12 pounds or more with a digital copy and then moving through uh, tears 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 all the way through to uh, getting all six books for uh, 65 pounds um, 215 pounds for an original A3 artwork page. Uh, you've got yourself uh, a whole bunch of tiers uh, which are worth checking out. Uh, do uh, have a go uh, looking at uh, Kickstarters, um, which are currently running because this is where I feel the new landscape of comics, uh, especially for those of a strong personal nature, well worth checking out. So there you go. That's me. Uh, uh, kick sharer of the day. Thank you very much indeed for Solicitor's Make. I think we have to nick that. That's going to be uh, the new title for this segment. Excellent stuff indeed. Right. Um, what I have got, uh, which is more of a personal thing for myself, is something that I've uh, seen online, and I'm going to be doing this for both the Wednesday and the Sunday show, which is our cup of tea. I have my cup of tea here, or my mug of tea here. I'm going to take a big slurp because this is where I say cheers and I say uh, huzzah to a fantastic artist and creator online. Um, the uh, Arkabati, our artist of the day, is this particular creator. Um, I kind of teased it when I uh, moved the graphic over, but uh, yeah, this is somebody who I heartily recommend you following. This is Mirka Andolfo. Now, I am going to admit I'm not entirely sure if Mirka is... Uh, male or female, or what gender uh, Merker is. Um, I haven't asked, um, but we do follow each other on Twitter. I really should ask at some point. But uh, to be fair, I don't think that necessarily matters, just shy of showing some amazing artwork. Uh, Merker has a real sense of power and dynam dynamism in, in terms of what they're doing with the pen, uh, with um, shape and form. It's just absolutely gorgeous to see. Um, I, as you see here with this piece, which we just put on screen, and uh, uh, this is an original character uh, from a, uh, a book which uh, they've created themselves, which is um, Mercy. Uh, I believe the second volume is uh, imminent. Um, they're going to release in 2020. Um, but uh, again, showing that uh, strong uh, sense of um, form, uh, using some real negative space, um, a real strong connection with the uh, with the face and the eyes. 
yeah, it's absolutely me. Uh, she's a lady. Say it like David Williams. I don't know how that is. <laughs> I couldn't tell you because I'm not a David what necessarily a massive David Williams fan, so I couldn't tell you. She's a lady. Hmm, maybe. But there we go. Uh, I mean, look at this. This is a, a beautiful red Sonia piece, uh, which has been done. I'm going to share you a piece of video in a second, uh, which is just amazing, uh, which you can find on the Twitter feed. And uh, this, which was uh, shared um, a couple of days ago, as part of a quick sketch. Quick sketch. Quick sketch. Is it her comic? So let's make saying it's her, Merka. There you go. Um, that's the gender we'll go with. Uh, yeah, look, it just looks amazing, but that's a fa an incredible um, uh, death there uh, from uh, the Sandman universe. But this was the piece of video that I wanted to share. Uh, see if I can just uh, bring this up, because this just absolutely uh, blew me away. Um, this is on the Twitter feed, uh, which uh, I would heartily recommend checking out. Like I say, uh, it is available, um, but uh, this... If you can just bring, if I can just bring this into full screen, oh, it's onto full screen. This is a rogue uh, that uh, Merka has done. We'll let it roll around again so you can just see it. But um, if you do check out um, Merka's Twitter feed, there's plenty of these these uh, incredible uh, pieces of uh, what I call cows come home. Uh, you may have seen me sharing a, a hashtag cows come home. The reason why I call it that is that I can watch work-in-progress animations and videos like this until the cows come home. I can just watch artists creating like this all day. And it's a beautiful robe. Let me see if I can just... Can I stop this in time? I don't know if I can. 27, 28, 29... Ah, nope, didn't get it. <laughs> Let me just see if I can forward it on and just see if I can get this... Uh... Stop! Oh, no, I'm going to struggle completely here, aren't I? Let me try one last time. One last time. Just see if I can uh, grab hold of it. Just about. There you go. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. What a great piece of lines. Really strong face, uh, facial features. Um, just absolutely amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Uh, so, Lister Smeg, I believe she was doing unnatural as well, which is a really good comic. I'm going to have to check. I am going to have to check this out. But I've just been more um, following uh, the uh, uh, the social media, and um, therefore I would heartily recommend checking out um, a Twitter, which is Merka Andolf um, at twitter.com/slash/merkand. I think that's well worth checking out. And that is my cup of tea for today. Uh, my chosen artist. Hope you enjoy that. A uh, little bit of a showcase. So there you go. Two great interviews, uh, two great Kickstarters, and a fantastic artist to finish on. I think that has been a very packed show, and I hope you've enjoyed it. That was fun. I uh, uh, that was that that hour and a bit flew. Uh, so hopefully it did for you as well. Um, if you have enjoyed the show, and if you have enjoyed what we do uh, here on an Englishman in San Diego and on our social media. Uh, please do support us the best you can. You can donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. And you can also uh, donate as well on uh, Twitch if you are watching on that platform. Or if you're watching on Periscope as well, if you buy some of the Super Hearts, uh, if you then just sort of like uh, donate and uh, use the Super Hearts, um, the a donation will come in on a more immediate uh, fashion that way. That would also help, say, for example, if you enjoy 
selections like this. If you think that I'm doing right, if you think that this person is worth sharing, then maybe I've earned a couple of pennies <laughs> from you. I don't know. Please do um, uh, donate because at the end of the day, um, I'm not earning anything at this point. Um, as a DJ, I can't go out and earn. Uh, so really, I my um, income stream has vanished completely. So please, any donations that you can give, uh, I really do uh, appreciate very much. Um, the Patreon, if you are a Patreon supporter, don't forget if you go through the posts and find the album uh, for the double clicks, live in Leeds 2208-19, you get the exclusive uh, listen to that um, as a Patreon supporter. The double clicks have been very generous in letting me... Uh, release that as a patron only release but we are going to be making that as a free release as of monday uh, it's going to be going live on um at 12 o'clock midday um here in the uk so you can wake up uh, and listen to the live concert uh, recorded at the geek retreat in leeds uh, that's the double click live in leeds well worth checking out karma savage thank you very much indeed for the kind words love these sessions aaron neighbors uh, thanks, Leonard. I appreciate the, the kind words. I really do. And uh, Into the Blue Mister. Ah, that's where I know we're from. There you go. You've, uh, uh, you're joining the docs when it comes to Merca's work. Uh, so there we go. Thank you very much indeed for watching. Keep up with what we're doing at on our uh, social media at uh, Englishman SCCC. Um, of course, all of the uh, platforms that you're watching on, uh, do like and subscribe, do share, uh, do spread the word. Uh, please do uh, make a comment as well, because that also uh, kind of boosts up our uh, um, in, uh, standing on the platforms. Uh, so do make a comment on the Facebook, do make a comment on the uh, YouTube channel, not necessarily just in the Q&A, but also in the comments for the video. Like and subscribe and hit the notification bell down there um, because, of course, when we go live, you'll get the notification and you'll find out when we're going to do our next show, which will be on Sunday. Now, very quickly before I do disappear, um, I do want to talk about uh, what we've got in terms of guests coming up. Uh, because um, I've been um, slightly blown away at how well we've been able to put some guests together. So we have ourselves um, to be confirmed this Sunday. So we're going to do our best to get ourselves a really great guest for this week. Uh, but on next Wednesday's show, on the 15th, we have J.H. Williams III. It's just going to be about um, J.H. It's going to be a full hour session, a full proper interview with J.H., Looking forward to that. On the 19th of the 4th, on the Sunday, we are going to be speaking to Gil Cabrera. He is the former chairman of the San Diego Convention Center. Um, he's going to be great to talk to when it comes to the relationship between the convention center and the city and the convention center and San Diego Comic-Con. Um, he will also give us a little bit of an insight about what is currently going on, the conversation that's going to happen right now the timing is perfect. The 19th of the 4th, it'll be a great chance to get a sense of where San Diego Comic-Con is and that relationship that they have with the convention center. If there's anybody who's going to have an insight into that, it is Gil Cabrera, and that is on the 19th. And then on the Wednesday, on the 22nd, we're talking to master artist Paul Jenkins. Um, I am looking forward to that conversation very much because he was supposed to be on my... Um, British Invasion panel, which I did at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, it was him and Dave Gibbons who was supposed to Skype in. 
at which point the internet failed on me literally as I was starting the panel. So uh, safe to say, we're very frustrated. Really wanted to talk to Paul. Thankfully, he's not held it against me and he is joining us on the 22nd. So to be confirmed this weekend, next Wednesday, J.H. Williams III. The Sunday on the 19th is going to be Gil Cabrera from the uh, former of the Convention Center. And then on the 22nd, uh, we have ourselves Paul Jenkins going to be a great run of special guests. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Do take care. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday evening from myself to you. Take care. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. And let's get out this the other side, shall we? Take care, everybody. Bye. <laughs>